What's today? The fifth? Today's my mother's birthday, isn't it? Hey, it's my dad. My, yes, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's my name. Jesus. Oh. Well, it's our name too. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. Goodness gracious. That is my dad, by the way, for those of you that don't know. He drops in on us every now and again and blesses us with his presence. Of course, we're always glad to have him. I love him. <laughs> some people don't, you know, some people aren't blessed to have had a good dad. And I had a good dad. Praise oh, yeah. God. There were challenges, though, weren't there, Pop? But there were challenges through there. there were challenges, but we make, we make it through. Amen. All of it works to help us out. We have the same hairstyle. <laughs> Good looking, Ted. That's what it is. Good looking. <laughs> Ted. <laughs> All right. Genesis 28. What I want to talk about today, I want to talk to you about some of the things that we're encountering as a church. And the Lord, he's when, now today in worship, I heard y'all blow up right at the beginning. The spirit of God began to move. I could, I could hear you all. I could hear the, the, the crying out of your hearts as the presence of the Lord filled this place and filled your life. And so we have been encountering. Now some of you are like, well, you know, I didn't think there was anything different about today. That's, that's okay. You know, here's the, here's the deal. Here's what you need to understand is that God is trying to meet with us in ways that he's never met with us before. God is trying to do things in our lives that we've never experienced, that we've never that we've never had happen to us. I'm so, I am so glad that you all are here today because I believe that God brought you here. I don't believe you're here on accident. I, you know, a, a lot of times we go through life and we think that we just end up uh, at certain places at certain times just by chance. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. Oh, yeah. Amen. You know, there was, there was a couple folks that came to, came to our church. They're no longer here, but they came, and when they left, they, one of their reasons for leaving was they said, well, you know, the Lord didn't really, bring, he didn't really tell us to come here. I said, well, do you believe the Bible? They said, yeah. I said, well, he didn't have to tell you to come. The Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. You ended up here because this is where he wanted you. You know, you know sometimes God don't have to tell you to well, glory to God. Amen. Sometimes you end, up, you end up in a place because that's where God intended for you to be. And you didn't have to hear from God. And you say, well, how do, I ident- how do I identify that that's where the Lord wanted me to be? Well, because God takes us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. You know, he, he causes us uh, to, uh, to abound and to grow. And uh, his blessing begins to abound toward us uh, when we walk uh, in his will and according to his word. But anyhow, so, but the Lord has been doing some things here with us that have been, um, at times, extraordinary. And um, it's funny because uh, Michael and myself and Annie and Twyla and um, Tyler, Tyler, why is it that sometimes I can't remember people's names? Tyler and Ayla. I, today, I couldn't remember Tyler. When you, Ayla, I knew who you were. Today, I didn't know who Tyler was. But anyway, 
Um, Tyler, Nayla, we were sitting at dinner on uh, Saturday. It was no Friday, Friday night, wasn't it? Friday night, and uh, boy, we listen. We were we were at a Brazilian steakhouse, and it was good. And we got to go pop it. It was it was awesome. But anyway, um, so we're at this Brazilian steakhouse, and um, we're, we're you know we're talking, eating, talking about how good the food is, just having conversation. But the conversation. It didn't take very long for the conversation to be drawn to, you know, the Lord has really been talking to us. And, you know, we started, I mean, every conversation that I have with everyone always comes to this place of, you know, the Lord, <laughs> I have a question about something that the Lord is, you know, or something that happened in a, in a meeting, something that happened with our church services. And um, when, 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 our, when our minds and our hearts went in that direction. Of course, we all left the table and we went back to our cars and all of us were thinking on the things of God because that's what inevitably happens is that you're not thinking anymore about how good the food was or, and we had a great time, but now our hearts are being stirred and, and, and our, and our thoughts are being drawn toward heaven and toward, and not toward heaven and us going there, but toward the things of the spirit and the things of the kingdom and the things of God. And um, so I told Annie when we were on the way home, I said, you know, um, this went exactly the way that it did at worship practice uh, the other night, uh, which was the, the night before. We all were here and we were having a discussion, but it didn't take very long before our discussion went right to where we've been at as a church. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say this? Now, listen, some, some of you don't yet know what I'm talking about, and it's okay. But I'm, my prayer is that today, number one, that you'll be attentive. Number two, that after today, maybe this will position you uh, for some of these things that we're encountering uh, that, are, that are spiritual in nature that aren't encountered just by a casual brushing by or by a casual uh, in, encounter with God, but something that comes uh, as a result of a deeper intimacy with him. So Genesis chapter 28, verse 12. So Reuben, Brother Reuben uh, sent me a message, and he sent me a, a, a video of a fellow by the name of Bill Johnson. Now, Bill Johnson is the pastor of a church in Redding, California uh, called uh, Bethel. Now, I, I, I'm going to give you the disclaimer. I do not know Bill Johnson. I've never met Bill Johnson. I have never heard Bill Johnson preach an entire message all I've ever heard of Bill Johnson is usually about three or four minutes, you know, a blurb from something that he said, and um, I have seen him in some in some videos and in some things that um, I I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I mean, he was participating in things I wouldn't have participated. But you know what? Sometimes you end up participating in things that you don't want to participate in because you get. Uh, uh, what do you call it? You get, uh, uh, you get, you get uh, hit unexpectedly. You're, you, you get, uh, what do you call that? How do you, what do you say? Blindsided. Blindsided. Thank you. All I could think of was that big old giant uh, fellow that uh, lived with that uh, woman in Texas. But anyway, um, blindsided. Uh, you know, so maybe he was blindsided in a couple of the things that I saw. But anyway, much of the things that I've heard him say have great value for the kingdom. I, b I believe that God, you know, I believe that God um, 
His, I believe that the hand of the Lord is on that, that brother. That doesn't mean I believe that everything, that, you know, the hand of the Lord is on me, but you can't get behind everything I do either. So anyhow, we're, in other words, we're all jacking it up somewhere. And uh, we need help. You know, don't follow, you can follow me to the church, but don't follow me to Krispy Kreme. Krispy, Krispy Kreme is not where you, that's not where you want Look, Michael's like, amen. You, know, you, want, you want to follow my, in the morning, you want to follow where Michael's going, not where Ziggy's going. Because <laughs> where I'm going, we will eat. But Genesis, Genesis 28 is, in this, in this uh, video that Ruben sent me, Genesis 20. So I want to give, I want to give credit to, to Bill Johnson for, you know, some, some of this and really for just kind of uh, giving me a verse of scripture and a, and a couple of thoughts that he shared I want to share with you. So if, if I had a title for this message, I'd call it House of the Lord. Amen. House of the Lord. <clears throat> I think we hear that. Of course, the word Bethel means uh, House of the Lord, and that's the name of his church is Bethel. So Bethel is the house of the Lord. But anyway, Genesis chapter 28, and in this verse, in these verses of Genesis is the very first time that the term house of the Lord is used. In other words, this is our first example in scripture of what the house of the Lord is. Now, many times when we talk about the house of the Lord, we think about a church building. We think about some kind of structure, some kind of temple, some kind of a tabernacle. Because when we look at scripture, there were temples and tabernacles and buildings that were built and they were called the house of the Lord. That was where people went to meet with God, right? But the very first example we see in scripture of the house of the Lord is vastly different from the other examples that we find in scripture, which I thought Bill Johnson so beautifully pointed out. And you'll see it here in a second. Verse 12 says this. And he dreamed a dream, talking about um, Jacob. He dreamed a dream, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Anybody ever heard this story? Uh, Jacob's ladder. The angels were ascending and descending. <clears throat> and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father. And the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. Now, jump to verse 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. See, that's, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, some, some of you, it's okay that some of you aren't aware of what's happening here. You know what? There have been times where the Spirit of God was moving in a place, some place where I was preaching, some place where we were having revival, some place. There, there have been times where I was experiencing some of the greatest experiences, some of the greatest expressions of, of, of God, some of the greatest happenings of God were happening in my life and were being exhibited and displayed to me. And I was seeing something and experienced something, and seemingly there was no one else around me that was experiencing it. I've, I've already told you all that have been coming and, and participating in the extra meetings that we've been having uh, outside of our regular services that um, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, discombobulated when it, coming into this time and experiencing what I'm experiencing in this season because I'm not accustomed to being in the 
of, uh, I'm not accustomed to having these kinds of experiences when other people are around. Typically, what, what, what is happening with me as we're gathering, as we're experiencing the presence of the Lord uh, in our church and in our lives, when, usually when I have these experiences, it's in a very private, intimate moment with God. And it's almost never where there are others. And uh, because, because those intimate places with God uh, we become extremely vulnerable and exposed because some, that's what happens when you get in the presence of God. When you get in the presence of God, the Bible says that God is light and in him there is no darkness. When you get in his presence, all of a sudden he begins to illuminate all the dark places of your life. And you know what? We as, as people don't want our dark places illuminated. That's why they're We don't like exposure. Now, I know there's some people like, I don't care what anybody thinks. Yes, you do. That's why you tuck and you, you know what, I, you know what I'm saying? That's why you girdle up and... <laughs> that's, why, that's why you contour. Amen. That's why when you take pictures, you take them from this angle. <laughs> you know, that, way, that way you don't get it, you know. Yeah, yeah. See, everybody, everybody right away went like this, you know. <laughs> well, you think my live videos all start out, hey, everybody. <laughs> we, don't, we don't like those dark places or those places where we're insecure. Illuminated, Amen. But when you get in the presence of God, that's what happens. And so it's, it's extreme. Now, here's what you have to understand. It's very unusual for God to meet, with, to meet with his people corporately on that level. It's not the norm. But when God begins to meet with his people on that level, you can always, you can always uh, draw this conclusion. He's up to something extraordinary. If God is doing that, it's because he's about to do something that requires something from us that goes beyond what we've been willing to give him in the past. Does, does, does that make sense? All right, so let's, <laughs> so, so let's read on. It says, he says, uh, he woke out of his sleep. He said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. See, some of, you, some of you have not yet discovered that he's in this place. You know what? God, God, Jacob, he, he, God revealed to him that he was there. And, I mean, think about it. Amen. Anyhow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave that because I'm, I'm going to get the cart in front of the horse. God is in this place. I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful. Now, that word dreadful is what the translators used in that, uh, the King James translators used. But that word dreadful, a, a better word there would have been awesome. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Now that, that statement right there is a very powerful statement. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillow, for his pillows, and set it up for a pillar 
and poured oil upon the top of it. Verse 22, and this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. So notice that God's house wasn't a structure. It wasn't a building. It wasn't a tabernacle. It wasn't a temple. It was a rock. So the very first instance that we see in Scripture of the term God's house being used, God's house isn't being used in relation to a structure or a building. God's house is being referred to as a, just that place, a rock, a place where the heavens were open, where there was a gate. Now, that's, that's, what, and that's, that's what Jacob, that's the term that Jacob used. This is the gate of heaven. Say the gate of heaven. Now, when the word gate, the term gate is used in, uh, in Scripture, it's, it's a, uh, the word gate is used to describe uh, the connecting of two different realities. It's the opening up of one place into another place. It is the place between, it is, it, a gate is something that has divided, amen. Some people, now when you think of it, let's think in natural terms. So some people, they have a gate that leads from their house to the street. From one reality into a different reality. From the backyard to the garden. Michael... Michael has a gate at his place. And that gate that he has at his house goes from his property to his father's property. Two different places. Two different realities. See, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to compare these things because that's, that's what gates signify. And so when Jacob said, this is the gate of heaven, what he was saying was, this is a place where two worlds come together and there's, and there's, and there's just a little, there's just a, all it takes is one step over to be in another reality, to go from one uh, way of existence to another way of existence. Amen. 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 That's the house of God. That's the house of God. Now I want you to I want you to understand something. This picture that Jacob was seeing was a picture of what would happen when Jesus came. Because when we get in the New Testament, we find go to the book of John chapter 1. <clears throat> the book of John chapter 1 and I hope I can get through all this if I if I can't we may come back tonight. Who knows? John chapter 1. Start. Let's. Got John chapter 1. Let's start with verse 35. I'm going to read. I'm going to read you a lot of scripture today. Is that okay? I'm thinking if. I'm thinking if we read our Bibles more, I might not have to read so much. But anyway. So John chapter 1 verse 35. Again, the next day after John, talking about John the Baptist, again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, behold, the Lamb of God. 
And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Now, this was after the baptism of Jesus by John in the river Jordan. It says, Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, which debunks the idea that Jesus was homeless. For it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Uh, He first findeth his uh, own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith to him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Can we, can we read on a little bit more? Oh, yeah. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, uh, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see Jesus. Uh, come and see Uh, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Now see, these things all started happening after Jesus' baptism by John in the River Jordan. Now, when we read of that baptism of John, and we're not going to read it because it didn't get into detail in, in, in the book of John, and I almost was going to read to you from a scripture that, that told it, but, um, but we can all agree on what scripture says here, so we don't have to go there and look it up. But in other places, in, in, the other go- in some of the other gospels, it says, when Jesus was baptized by John in the River Jordan, do y'all, do y'all remember that story? Do y'all... Y'all tell me, do you remember what, what happened after Jesus was dunked under the water and he was brought up out of the water? What is the first event that took place? Do you remember? What, what happened? You, I think you said it. The heavens were open. I mean, I mean we're, I'm, I'm being nitpicky, but the Bible says when Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open. Do you know the first thing that has to happen for the house of God to be established is there has to be an open heaven. The heavens have to be open. Now, (laughs) the Bible says the heavens were open. The next thing that happened is this. The spirit, the Bible says, descended like a dove in the form of a dove. And uh, John the Baptist said this, John the Baptist said God had told him that when the Spirit descended on one and remained upon him, that he was the one. And that's what happened with Jesus. And then the Bible says, a voice came and spoke, this is my beloved son, amen, (laughs) glory to God. See, what happened, what happened with Jacob when he had that dream was a, uh, was, a, was a type and a shadow. It was a revelation. It was some insight as to what would happen when Jesus came. When Jesus came. You know what? Jesus was the open heaven. 
When Jesus came, the Bible said, y'all have heard me say this before, and some of you haven't really understood the significance of what I was saying. But you know, there are a lot of people that are praying for an open heaven. Listen, we have an open heaven. The Bible says in that verse of scripture that the heavens were open, and it never records that the heavens ever closed up again. Do you know why the Bible doesn't record that the heavens closed? Because they didn't close. Because when Jesus came, you know what else? You know what else Jesus said about himself? He said, I am the gate. Glory to God. Remember? I am the gate. Amen. See, an open heaven is a gate out of one world and in I'm getting all tangled up here. <laughs> A gate is, is, is what opens up one world into a, another world. The gate, of, the gate of heaven or that gate that Jacob was talking about. Jesus being the gate. What, you know, what the message that God was trying to get across to us was this. And Jesus said it. He said, I am the gate. If anyone come in any other way, he is a thief. I am the only way. I am the only way to heaven. I am the only way to the Father. The only way for us to experience heaven here on earth is through that gate. Amen. So say this way, Jesus is the gate. Now look, look what this verse uh, 50 says. And Jesus answered and said to him, because I, because I said unto thee, I saw you under a fig tree, um, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What does that sound like? It sounds exactly like Jacob's dream. Amen. <laughs> sounds exactly like Jacob's dream. Do you know what it is that we've been encountering around here? We, you know what? You know what's happened? God has ushered some of us to the gate. I'm going to tell you something. God wants to take every one of you to the gate because God doesn't want us living far away from the gate anymore. God wants us living in that place where it's only one step into his presence, one step out of this world and into another world, where we are, where we are in the place where there is heavenly activity, continual heavenly activity, where angels are, you know, I don't know why um, modern day Christians have, are so uptight about people talking about having been visited by angels. Now, listen, I don't think that you ought to, uh, that you ought to follow angels. I think you ought to follow Jesus. Jesus. But in the, if you're in the process of following Jesus and an angel pops up and God ends up blessing you as a result of some angel arriving and, 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 and bringing some sort of, uh, you know, the Bible says that these angels are, are uh, ministering spirits sent to minister for those and to those who are heirs of salvation. In other words, God sent those angels to minister to us and for us. And so if an angel, but now listen, if an angel pops up and says, hey, Jesus said, follow me. No, that, that's not, that's not, that, that goes beyond the, the Bible. But if, but if one shows up and says, 
Behold, the Lord has sent me and yay, the Lord says he's going to use you in this way or whatever. And, and, and it lines up with scripture and it lines up with what God has spoken to you about your life. Well, you know what? There's no reason why we can't say amen. Listen, if I'm up in here and I'm, I get a word for you and I say, I see an angel behind you and it has a red cross on its arm. It's a healing angel and you're sick. Don't resist it. Be like, I receive that in the name. Amen. Lord, if that angel brought healing from your presence, I receive it. But you know, when you get in that place, when you're, when you're, up, when you're up close to that gate, when you're, when you're in the house of God. So, so really, the house of God, God never intended for us. And of course, this is going to bolster a lot of people that say, you know, what, that what we're doing here as a church is unscriptural, but it's not, you know, what we're doing isn't unscriptural that we meet together in a place that we call the house of the Lord, that we meet together at a church. But God is trying to get us to understand that it's going to take more than coming through the doors of a building to experience heaven here on earth. What was the purpose for the house of the Lord? The purpose for the house of the Lord was to connect heaven and earth. In fact, it wasn't to bring earth to heaven because heaven has no need of earth, but it was to bring heaven to earth. Look at someone say heaven on earth. See, God's trying to get us to the place where we have heaven on earth. And, and, and here's, here's what's Here's what's tough about this is that many people will go through their entire lives and never experience the reality of what it is that I'm talking about today. That's, that's why I'm bringing this out. Uh, in the, now, I know some of you are like, well, you know, this is all good, Pastor, but I believe what you're saying and I understand what you're saying. And I'm experiencing these things. Well, what we have to understand is that there are those that aren't experiencing these things. There are some that are totally oblivious to what I'm talking about. Some people are just going through and living their life in the same manner that they have always lived their lives. There are indicators, though, that God is doing something and that it's something extraordinary. Listen, the house of the Lord isn't ordinary. It's extraordinary. The house of the Lord isn't natural. It's supernatural. The house of the Lord is miraculous. Amen. The house of the Lord, the house of the Lord isn't uh, 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 logical. You know what? You're not going to tap into the house of the Lord by being logical. The only way you're going to tap into the house of the Lord is by activating and walking in faith. Amen. It's not practical. It's not practical. Anytime God reveals himself in the way that he revealed himself to Jacob, when Jesus was revealed here on planet earth, the way that he was to these disciples, I mean, we just read the story. It wasn't ordinary. It was extraordinary. It was something that, that, that went beyond the capacity of man's understanding. I reckon that there were people there that, that I'm, I'm positive of it. We read it in scripture that there were Pharisees and scribes that looked at those disciples and, and saw them as heretics and saw them as being a hamburger short of a happy meal that probably believed that they had joined some kind of suicide cult. You know what amazes me right now? It amazes me how, how people perceive. I'm going to move this just for a second. 
being at, being at Emory's homegoing and watching the crowd. Of, I know I told you all this last week, but watching the crowd of people that were here and seeing the, the <laughs> seeing this broad spectrum of belief systems, ideas about church, about religion. Different thinking. I saw some people up in here that the minute that Nakia got up and 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 I was like that. I was only an MC. <laughs> but then you know, Nikki got up and she. I I could see some people were like, praise God. They they saw that what was happening in her was the house of the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But you know you know what other people saw. This must be how she's coping. See, this is the whole purpose for Christianity. Is that Christianity is for a bunch of escapists. People that can't cope with the circumstances of life. So they create this imaginary place. Kind of like, kind of like <laughs> munchkin land. She's, 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 she's. Uh, you know, what Nikki was, what some people thought Nikki was doing was that she was uh, following the yellow brick road. <laughs> looking for a tin man and a, and a scarecrow and a cowardly lion and a wizard in an emerald city that would tell her to click her heels together if she said there's no place like home. Because some people think that we live in a fairy tale. Yes, sir. But you know, they, they weren't there. They weren't there when we were using a rock to rest our heads. And we saw the heavens open. We saw a gate. Amen. And that gate led us to a place that was, that was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was beyond our wildest dreams. A place where we got strength. Amen. That the world don't, doesn't give and that the world can't take away. A place where we have joy and we receive joy that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. Where we, where we receive a contentment that the world can't give us and the world can't take it away. There's no greater love, they say, than the love that a mother has for her children. That's what they say. But the Bible said there is a greater love. Amen. Hallelujah. There is a greater love. <laughs> I've, I watched some look over at Nikki. And maybe some of you don't know, but Nikki and Lewis lost their child, an uh, eight-year-old boy, just a couple of weeks ago. And when, when you began to sing, you know, there are, there are people that have a word, but it's not a word from God. You know what, you know what man's word is? Well, it's going to hit them, and then, you know, they're all right now. This is why some people think, I don't need Jesus. I don't, I don't need help coping. It's not about coping. It's about... It's about another. It's about another world. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
It's about a world that he created you to live in. Amen. I'll bring it back now. Oh, my goodness. Second, second Samuel. Second Samuel 23. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you another picture. So, so there are some that are aware. There's, there are many, many more. And what I was going to say by that is this. I never dreamed, I never dreamed that, um, that in this nation, that people that are believers, people that are Christians, would look at people like Nikki, who was rejoicing in the Lord. Now, she didn't, in the natural, she didn't have a reason to rejoice. But the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, that's what she was doing. That's what she was doing. The Bible tells us to find contentment in him, to find our peace in him, to find our hope in him. These are the, these are the ABCs. These are fundamental, foundational truths of Christianity. But in watching people, I know <laughs> there, there are people that are in ministry that think that you all come to church too much. <laughs> there are people that work for God. That when we went into the meetings and we was coming together every night, they was like, you in church again? Maybe you ought to take care of your kids. Oh, I am. I'm bringing them with me. Well, you know, you ought to take them somewhere where they have fun. Oh, you don't understand. They pester me all day so we can go. Unlike you, they want to be there. Amen. Amen. Listen, many of you, you're looking for an excuse to come back here tonight. I mean, you're looking for an excuse. You, you're, you're just like, you, you, got a, you got a hair trigger. You're like, I just, someone touched the trigger, man. Let's, let's blow it up. But then other people look at you and you know what they, you know, there's some of you that you've already, you've already been accused of being in a cult by Christians. All because you want to be in the house of God. <laughs> Chinese balloon. Oh, goodness. For, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 23. <clears throat> How in the world have we come so far away from where we've my grandparents, they prayed every day. Now if you pray every day, there's something wrong with you. Go ahead now. You're nuts. Oh yeah. When we have long revivals in different places, there, there, are, pe- there are people, when we, were in, when we were over there at Faith Connection, people that they had had come preach at their church, we, we were there for a year and a half in revival. When, when people started calling them that they had preached there, they was like, hey, we're calling you, see what, you know. 
Oh, we're in revival. We can't have you guys this year. We're in revival. We don't know when it's going to be over with. Really? Well, I mean, y'all need to be careful. You're no spring chicken. Pastor John, he had a, he had a, condi- uh, he had a heart attack during, uh, the, not during a revival service, but while we were there in revival, he had a, he had a heart attack. You know, you know what the good Christian folks said? That's probably because you was in church every day. You weren't taking care of yourself. <laughs> okay, you, you, you get the point. <clears throat> who would have who thought? See, back in the day, you had a heart attack. First place they dragged you was to church. My grandparent, my grandparent, I remember my sister... My, my sister was little. She was Tyler's mother. She had a hanger. I, I remember this vividly. She was playing with a hanger. The hanger got stuck in her eye. I don't know if it was that we didn't have a vehicle. I, I don't remember what the circumstances were, but somehow we had to get uh, my, my grandparents involved. Well, you know what? My grandmother wasn't like, put her in the car. Let's go to the... They're like... They go to praying over my sister. I don't know, you know, uh, how deeply embedded this thing was. All I know is that the thing fell out of her eye and she was fine. I know she don't wear a patch over her eye. I know she doesn't go around going, ah. <laughs> Although that would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hoy there, me hearties. <laughs> Say house of the Lord. Amen. God's, God's, trying to, God's trying to make us a house. To give us a greater revelation of what it really means to be born again. You know what? If Jesus was a gate, you know what that makes you? That makes you a gate. If Jesus was an open heaven, you know what that makes you? That makes you an open heaven. Amen. Now, you, you won't be that unless you know it. You won't be that unless you receive that. And the only way to receive that is by being drawn by the Spirit. And that's what he's doing to us. He's drawn us by the Spirit. So 2 Samuel 23, starting with verse 15, says this. And I, w- I want to read you this story and then kind of give you a, 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 um, an understanding of, of what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this. I mentioned this to the worship team the other night. It says, and David said longingly, oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is, that is by the gate. Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried and brought it to David. But he would not drink. He would not drink of it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink uh, Uh, The blood of the men who went at the risk of their lives. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things uh, the three mighty men did. 
This story has always intrigued me. It's always been interesting to me. And the way that I've always seen the story has been also a picture of what I believe that God is looking for from us. Do you know, God, if you're, if you're going to be a gate, if you're going to be an open heaven, if we're going to, if we're going to live in that place, almost always the first thing that happens is that God lets his will be made known to us. And sometimes what stands between us and the will of God is a field full of enemies and difficulties. See, David said, and I believe God's saying this. God is saying, man, I need a fresh drink. And I'm looking for someone who'd be willing to go and get it for me. Here's the trouble. It's on the other side of that. (laughs) It's on the other side of that armed Violent, hate-filled army of Philistines. But there were three that said, we're going to go and we're going to get him that drink of water. And they went and they went through the battle. It doesn't say they fought, but they went through the enemy. And the, 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 I mean, there's battle going on. They went through the enemy and they got to that place. And they drew a water from that well. Do you know, I believe that God is looking, God is looking for us to be willing to do whatever it takes to bring to him what it is that he desires. It really is the case. Whenever God opens up, if you want to call it a portal, if you want to, but whenever heaven uh, the, whenever heaven is, is revealed to us in the way that we've been experiencing, it's always revealed to us on the other side of something that we believed would be difficult. And it's only those who are willing to, to get on the other side of that difficulty to attain these things that many times experience his his presence. Now, I'm going to read some things to you that I said here. I don't want to. <clears throat> I don't want to get too far. Of course, when I when I started um, when I started doing ministry, everything that I did. Listen, this, this is what I'm about to say. Everything that I did was a sacrifice. When you're not living for God, every when you're not living for God, and then you get born again, you go through the gate. Everything from that point on that you do is a sacrifice. You know why? Because you're not accustomed to doing it. To lift up, do you know how difficult it was for me to lift my hand in church? Anybody else? Did anyone else have difficulty lifting their hands for praise and worship? A sacrifice. It was hard to sing with everybody else. And we didn't even sing. Some of us just moved our mouths because for fear that someone would hear us. So everything was a sacrifice to the Lord. Uh, The song I sang before was a song for me. That song was easy to sing. 
Because I, I, didn't, I wasn't singing it for his pleasure or for his glory. It wasn't something that I was singing that, you know, uh, when, I, when I sang in the world, I sang for myself. Not be, I wasn't trying to please anybody else. My dad, tried, my dad was like, you need, to, you, you need to do Tejano. You need to do some Tejano music. Make some money. That stuff you're singing, you're not going to make no money. You know, because we were doing, yeah, you got another thing coming. It was easy to do that. Now, even when he wanted us to do Tejano, it's like, that would have taken sacrifice. That would have taken more effort because it wasn't something I desired. See, what I was doing was all based on my own desire. Are y'all, I know, listen, I know, I know I'm not, I know I'm not raising you up on your feet, but that's on purpose. This, this word that I'm bringing to you, uh, you, this word you don't need to, you, 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 need to, you need to let it sink in. It needs to be heard. When we're, when we're doing it our way, doing our own thing, it's not difficult to do. I gave up that song for his song. Literally. When I got born again, I took every Kiss album, I took every... Heavy metal album, I took every poster, I took everything that was based on my pleasure and my desire, and I took it and I threw it in a garbage bin. My grandmother said, you should have sold that, you could have made money. I said, why would I want to sell someone else all of my pain and all of my suffering and all of my misery? Yeah, I could have sold it, but in the selling of it, it would have brought me pleasure. And God wasn't looking for me to bring myself pleasure. Are y'all hearing me today? God wasn't looking for me to do what benefited me, what was best for me, what I... But when, when when you start entertaining the house of the Lord, say the house of the Lord. When you start entertaining the presence of God, you know what you start doing? You start concerning yourself with what he wants instead of with what you want. With what he's asking for instead of the things that you're asking. See, that's the, that's, the, that's the thing that has plagued the American church is that we still want the things that we want at the same time trying to give God what he wants. And they are not one and the same. I'm preaching. I gave, up, I gave up that song for his song. Did I have an opportunity? Did, were there opportunities for me to go and sing that song? Yeah. In fact, the greatest temptation I had before, you know, before I went full-time in ministry was the day that Philip, one of the guys that played guitar in that band, pulled up next to me as I was walking down the street and said, hey, we have a gig tonight. Um, uh, our singer backed out on us. Can you come and sing? You know, you, you would think I'd be like, get behind me, Satan. He said that, and I was like, where's it at? We're, we're going we're to be at the Red Dog Saloon. That's a, that's a rough place. <laughs> I mean, you had to play behind a cage there, I think. <laughs> 
You know, right then, here I am a believer. I'm called to ministry. I've I've had a transformed life. I have been to Bethel. I have been to the house of the Lord. My life was transformed there. I want to live there. I don't want to just visit there. I want to set up my house there. I want that to be where I camp. I want that to be where my existence is. That old carnal man, you know what that old carnal man said, Rick? That old carnal man said, what songs y'all doing? You know what his response was? All the same one. You know all the songs. We only learned a couple more. He said, we just, we'll just we'll cut those out of the set. Just come, man. You can do it. I, and I, I, you know what? When, when you're... When you're <laughs> at that moment, I wasn't aware of his presence being there. I wasn't aware that he was there. But I knew... What I had to do if I was going to stay at that place. Of that. Am I making this? Am I, clear, am I making a clear sound? So not because I wanted it, not because it was my desire, not because it felt good. It didn't feel good for me to look at him and say, no, I can't. And, and then he says, why not? I said, because I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I know exactly how that sounds to someone who is not a Christian, who is not a believer. It sounds flakier than a two-crust pie. It sounds like you're an idiot and you're a moron and you're, you don't know what you're talking about and you're one of those Jesus freaks. And, but you know what? I had been there. I had seen the heavens open. I had seen the gate. I had seen angels ascending and descending. I had heard the voice of God and my life was transformed because of it. And I had to make a decision. Was I going to live at Bethel or was I going to go? I had a reputation. I had a following. I'm not saying it was a good reputation, but I had a reputation. I was popular. Everyone knew me. I had a following. There were people that liked me. They liked me before I got born again. They wanted to hang out with me before I got born. They wanted to be where I was. They wanted to, they wanted to be with the band. Listen, unless you've ever been in that place, you don't know, you don't know how empowering that is. To get on a stage and to sing a song and to have, to have an audience and to have them cheering and then afterwards to have them want to follow you to wherever it is that you're going next. Just to, can we have a Coke together? Can we, can we eat a cheeseburger together? Can I say that I'm your friend? Can I, can I just hang out with you? Heck, there was a guy, he was a, he, he was, I'll, I'll be nice and say, the way you'd understand it, he was a nerd and, but he wanted so badly to be a part of my life. He just wanted to be in my space because I had a reputation, because I had a following. He wanted to be a part of that. It was attractive. To, y'all know what I'm saying, right? It was attractive to him. And he would, Carolyn, he was, he was about as tall as you are. And, and not, he was small. And so he, he came and he, one day he met me in the hallway, me and my, my friend Robert. And we're standing there and he's like, hey guys. We grabbed that guy. We took him in the bathroom. We stuck his head in the toilet, flushed the toilet and gave him a swirly. You, yeah, wash his hair. But 
Now, you would think that that would discourage... Now, of course, I feel bad about it today. But you think that that would have discouraged him from ever coming around us again. But the next day, he's right there trying to fit in, trying to be a part. Do you know how, do you know how powerful that feels? Some of you do. But when I gave my heart to Jesus, guess what? I had to give up my reputation. I had to give up my following. I had, I had to give up a following to follow him. I had to give up mine for his. I had to trade my plans for his plans. When I first started, these things cost me something. It, it cost me something. It cost me something to be associated with a bunch of what I could. Listen, when I first went to church, I thought everybody. If you, when you come from my generation, I think most of you understand this. Oh, do I need to quit? I need to quit. When you come from my generation, we, we, uh, in, back in my day, it wasn't politically incorrect to, to, uh, uh, to uh, make fun of other people. We made fun of jocks. We made fun of cowboys. We made fun of hoods. We, in fact, there was, there was no one that was off the top. If you were gay, listen. My impression of church people when I was lost, I, I walk in there and there are these men that are shaking my hand and we love you, brother. I'm like, boy, you better back off. I'm, you ain't going to be loving me, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> That was my mindset. Listen, I was in church telling people I thought that wasn't right with God. Because <laughs> that was my idea. And so now I become a believer. And now I'm going to become a part of another association that is so vastly different from where I came. My God, I was a metalhead. <laughs> and now I'm going to church where they're like, oh my gosh. I go to that Mennonite church and, and I went from bang your head. Metal hell will drive you crazy. <laughs> and now you know what I'm singing? En la cruz, en la cruz, yo primero vi la luz y las manchas de mi alma. Fue ahí por fe, yo vi a Jesús y siempre feliz con el seré. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burns. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't even translate any better in English. It wasn't heavy metal. It, 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 it wasn't. It, I went from, I want to rock and roll all night. Come on and party every day. And I went to, we got the power in the name of Jesus. I knew what that looked like in the eyes of the world, and it wasn't a promotion. That's right. <laughs> in the natural. 
But you know what? I had been to Bethel. I had been to the house. There's, there is transformative power at Bethel. There is life-changing power. At there, the, the, the power that will change your perspective can only be found at Bethel. It can only be found at the place where you meet God, where there is a gate, where there is an open heaven, where the power of God flows, where the word of God is spoken, where there is a spiritual activity, where you become aware of his presence. So it was a sacrifice. It cost me something. So in the beginnings of my walk with God, I I said all that to say this. I'm going to finish this thought. In the beginnings of my walk with God, I was constantly giving up something that was me for something that was him. I was constantly, I mean, every day I was dying to myself. I was dying to say, every day I was going through the enemy's camp to bring him a glass of water. Oh, yeah. Boy, that's right. To give him what he longed for, to give him what he desired. And I was willing, man, it was scary, but I was willing and I was obedient. And every time I went and I came back, with a glass of water. Of course, God didn't pour it out. He received it as, a, as an offering. Uh, he, that, you know, uh, I believe that that is a, a, a lot of the reason why in the beginning of, of my ministry, we saw such extraordinary things. Because it was a, it was a daily. It, was a da- it, wasn't, it wasn't like every now and again I gave something up. Every day. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, after 30-something years, What I gave up 30-something years ago isn't a sacrifice anymore. And that's why some of you aren't aware of Bethel. You were at Bethel when every day you were going to get him a glass of water and it cost you something. When to serve God, you had to stay out of prison. That even, yeah, you had to stay sober. You had to, these things were, these are, dif- these are difficult. That's why when, when you look at people and you see people and every day it's a sacrifice for them to live for God and you see God doing such extraordinary things. And you see these people, they have flaws and they have faults and they have cracks and they have, they have uh, uh, things in their life that don't appear to be right. But you see God blessing them so much. You know why? Because everything is a sacrifice to them. And they're meeting with God every day. I told the worship team on Thursday. When you, when you go to Bethel, you know what God starts doing? He starts asking you for those things that are clear across the field, beyond that big gathering of your enemy. There at the gate. Every time God intends to bring heaven to earth in our lives, both individually and corporately, he begins to ask us for the water that will require us to have to navigate over, under, around, and through the camp of the enemy. 
It'll cost you something. You know what? There will always be people there that will try to alleviate your burden. I was telling Annie, I, the other day, I said, uh, I was walking out of the house to go to church yesterday, and I wore sweatpants and a shirt, and she said, you look, you look good. I said, well, I'm just trying to, I said, I know I don't look great. I said, I'm just trying to not look homeless. <clears throat> and she said, babe, you look great. You look awesome. You know there's always someone there that wants to make my, I didn't look, listen, I was in sweatpants and a shirt. I didn't look awesome. I have, I have worn fine clothing. Okay. <laughs> Draped it across my body and looked way better. You understand? I know the level at which I could, you know, my dad always looking good. You know, you, you there's things you can do to, but but Annie, she's so accommodating and so loving and there to make me feel better. Well, my mother, I went to her. I was just like this. I'm like, man, mom, I'm fat. She said, you're not fat. I'm like, mom, <laughs> only a mother, only a mother, only a mother. Then she handed me some bread. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I made this lemon uh, blueberry bread. <laughs> i like, oh, Shandai. You have to be careful that you don't, you know, when God asks you for something, you have to be willing to give it. There will be people around you that will say, there, be, there are people around uh, Nikki and Lewis trying to alleviate the burden of them having to cross that field to go get God a glass of water at the loss of their son. And you know what? It seems appropriate. Let, let, can I read you another scripture? Okay. Uh, first, uh, Second Samuel, you can write this one down. Second Samuel 24, verse 18 through 25. And God came that day to David and said to him, go up, raise an altar to the Lord uh, on the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. And David went up at God's word and the Lord commanded, as, as the Lord commanded. And when Arana looked down, he saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. And, and Arana went and... Uh, went out and paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. And Arana said, Why has my lord, the king, come to his servant? David said, To buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be averted from the people. Then Arana said to David, Let my lord, the king, take and offer up what seems good to him. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering and the threshing sledges, and the yoke of the oxen for the wood, all this, O king, Arna gives uh, to the king. And Arna said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. But the king said to Arana, No. Look what King David said. You're trying to make this easy, but you know what? No. I'm not, I know it could, I know this could go easier. You know what? <laughs> I was, I was here, for, and I'm using Nikki and Lewis as an example because it's, it's fresh. Whatever you need, it's yours. <clears throat> Whatever you want me to do, say the word. 
You could have sat right here. You could have watched everyone else do all the stuff that you did. You could have wrote a letter and I could have read it. But that isn't what God said. I threw, him a, I threw him a deal. I said, here's an order of service. Fix it. Tell me how you want it done. Heck, I, I, I was thinking I'm probably going to preach. And they're like, no, pastor, just step in every now and again and say hello to everybody and then hand it off to the next person. I'm like, great. You know why? Because I could see the Lord in this. The way to the house of the Lord is not an easy way. There will be people around you. There are churches all around. Listen, I'm trying to get y'all out of here. But there's a lot of people, they would, they would have dumped this on you and they probably wouldn't have t- told you any of this. But if they did, they'd have made it over a seven, eight week period. 20 minutes each. So as to not inconvenience you and make you not want to come back. But here, here's the deal. We've, we've gotten beyond that. David said, no, I will not buy it. Uh, I, I will, he said, but I will, he said, no, you can't give it to me, but I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. Notice at the end of Jacob's thing. What Jacob says, <laughs> Jacob said in verse 22 over there in Genesis, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read it to you in chapter 28. He said, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be, the, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Even Jacob knew it would cost him something. David determined he wasn't going to offer anything to the Lord that didn't cost him something. This is some of you that are struggling, some of you that are going through difficulty, that you think you're failing. Listen, if you're here today, you're not failing. If you were failing, you'd be somewhere else doing something that you want to do instead of something that goes against your very nature. You know what? You know the you know what path you're on? The path that you're on is the path that leads to Bethel. Here's here's the word I want to give you today. Don't give up. Don't give up. Money will get tight. Family will get tired. People will call you everything but a Christian. But the last thing that you want to do is give up. Even these children. I mean, some people, they get nervous. Don't worry, don't worry Talisha. They're out there. These children, you know what? I'd rather have them running around here at church than running around playing in the... Listen, some of, you, some of you parents get nervous. What are you nervous about? I'd rather be here getting pressing in, seeking God's face, looking to be the house of the Lord with, with rowdy kids. That's right. 
So you know, <laughs> so you know what David did? He paid the price. He bought the threshing. He bought, he bought what was necessary, and he offered it to the Lord. It cost him something. I think it's safe for us to say, I'm going to finish with this. I think it'd be safe for us to say, or safe for us to assume that all these things we've been hearing him say to us are connected to one another. Entertaining his presence. It's connected. It's connected to extraordinary miracles. It's connected. It's connected to completion. It's connected. It's connected to repentance. It's connected. See, some, some of y'all feel weepy and, and repentant when you come into his presence. That's, that would be appropriate. Yes, we need to turn away from these things. You have, you have to understand, God's not schizophrenic. What he's telling us all goes together, and it all leads to one thing. You know what it leads to? It leads to that gate. Who's the gate? He's the gate. What happens at that gate? Well, God speaks from that gate. The heavens are opened at that gate. Angels ascend and descend at that gate. The world to come is joined with our current world at that gate. Hope is found. Peace is found. Joy is found. Deliverance is found. Healing is found. Health is found. Extraordinary miracles are found at that gate. Stand up all over the place. Sorry, I didn't think I would finish it if I stopped. So what do we do, Pastor? What's our, what's our role? Don't give up. Don't give up. What if being at church for two hours leads to Bethel? Some of y'all been going to church for 20 years at a church that gets out in 15, 20 minutes. They don't talk to you any longer than that because they don't think you can bear it. You know what your body says when you come to these? People tell me all the time when they invite people, they'll be like, is it usually this long? People are like, unfortunately, yes. But also fortunately, Yes. Because it's in the kind of pursuit that we're, you know, it, it may not always be that way. You know, during the meetings we had during the week, we were only here for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. It was unusual. I expected to be here much longer during that week. But man, we'd get here, we'd be in here for an hour, hour and a half. By 8.30, we were on our way home. It was a little perplexing. But here was the thing. We got in fast and stayed in long. Too many times it takes us a long time to get in and we're only in there for a short period of time. But we were getting in quick and staying in long. And th- those, those times, those moments were more effective for us. So, <laughs> I'm not saying you have to be in church for three and a half, four hours, but there are times that that's what it takes. That's why we ought to be prepared. We ought to bring snacks for the kids. Snacks for ourselves. <laughs> It'd be all right. I see some of y'all. Preach. 
We've, we've got to do something. And we all know it in our hearts. So Annie and I, we've been talking about it. We, the common thing that I'm hearing from any, everyone is this. I don't want what he's doing to stop. But I do, but over the last week, the other thing I've heard is, I feel like I'm starting to go back to what, the way it was before we started. Things are be, more things are becoming a distraction. More things are taking up my time. They're grabbing my attention. We don't want that to happen. These things aren't, these things that the Lord does like this are not common. I don't know about you. I'm done with this life. I, I'm not looking to die or anything like that. Or, but, but here's the thing, man. I, what else can you do? How many more, how many more movies? Are there, are there any more original plots? Is there, are there any more twists and turns? I mean, at some point, you've seen it all. some point you ate it all you've you've heard it all you've been through you've done it all but there are things that we've not experienced in him and in his presence facets of his nature that we've not yet discovered so I'm, I'm going to open up Friday nights for revival um I, I, you know, I thought about doing every day, and, and uh, I, that's not really been what, I, I just, I'm, I don't hear anything really from the Lord. If I do, though, I mean, if I called y'all on Tuesday and said, hey, man, will y'all come together with me? I mean, if, we, if, if that's how the Lord leads us, and maybe not all of you could do that. Maybe not all of you, your schedule will facilitate that. But if we could be open, if we could be open to the Spirit, and, and then obedient and be able to come together and put our put our stuff aside. But um, one of the things that I felt like the Lord wanted me to do was Friday nights. And I know that we have outreach on Fridays, but you know what? If we're doing outreach just because we do it, we may have to suspend outreach for a period of time. You know, that's what we ask other churches to do when we go and have revival there. They have to just suspend everything that they're doing. And so you know what? For the, for the, for the rest of the Friday nights in the month of, of, of February, you say, well, what will the lost do? They'll still be lost. They're going to be there. And you know what? Outreach may have to go to Thursday or Wednesday, or, or not Wednesday because we have church Wednesday, but... Tuesday or, or maybe Wednesday maybe maybe on one Wednesday we'll all head out of here like a troop mobilized amen listen be ready because you that's that Wednesday group that comes together 
you know what? We may, we may all be in our cars and say, hey, we was just waiting for you to get here. Let's go. We're going to Bricktown. We're going to Baptist. We're going to Mercy. We're mobilizing. This is what we're doing. But I believe that God, God's trying to lead us by His Spirit. And so we're going to do everything that we can to follow Him. I'm doing my gut level best. I, I, will, I will be honest with you, though. I'm relying heavily on Annie because, you know, her and Rhonda started all this, really. They, they opened up the door and the gate opened. Miss Rhonda preached. I'm not even sure she knew she was opening up a gate. You know, when Annie got up and prayed and she surrendered to the Spirit, I don't know if she knew she was opening up a gate. And then when y'all came together that night, we all, I mean, here I was, deer in a headlight. What happened up in here? <laughs> then we had Anna singing. <laughs> Anna was singing, boy. <laughs> She's prophesying and singing. So, the next, these Fridays that are here, in a, and of course we'll have revival uh, next Friday, but um, so you'll have an opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. But let's, uh, let's set these Fridays aside uh, for the Lord and for His glory and for His honor in the name of Jesus. And let's see how the Spirit of God will lead us from here on out. Amen? Amen. You know, this is happening at Ben's church. It's happening at Ben's church just like it's happening here. I believe God's trying to get it over there at Faith Connection too, boy. God's doing something. Uh, I'm going to turn you loose out of here. I'm going to leave you with your thoughts and with the things that God is planning. I know, I know the Lord's dealing with some of y'all. He's stirring things up. I'm, I'm going to let you take that home with you. I'm going to let you get before God with it. And I'm going to let you work some things out in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege that we have. Lord, we're committed to following you, to following the leading of your spirit. Lord, we, we surrender. We say yes. We say yes to you, yes to your will, yes to your ways. Lord, may your glory fill this house and your praises fill our hearts. Lord, may we offer up to you that which is acceptable and well-pleasing in your sight. Lord, we, we don't know what else to do but to be obedient to you. Until you give us any other instructions, Lord, we're, we're at your mercy. So, Father, thank you. Thank you, for what you. thank you for what you've spoken to us today. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've said to us. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Listen. Um, Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. And um, this, this coming Friday will be our first gathering uh, together. We, we'll call it Revival Friday. Amen. Amen. And uh, we're going to get together and we're going to do what we did. We come with no agenda, no list. Seven o'clock. We'll just come together and we'll let God do whatever it is that he's going to do and whatever it is that he wants to do. And we'll just yield to him in the name of Jesus. Amen. How I many y'all receive that? Yes, sir. Yeah, at Shawnee we'll be. Yeah. Well, this this Friday, this Friday, this Friday we'll meet here, and then next Friday we'll go to Shawnee, and then the other Fridays we'll be here. 
for the remainder of this month and then we'll I reckon we'll probably just go until we until we're done and we may have to do more on Friday we'll just have to follow the leading of the spirit but uh, be open and be ready in Jesus name there'll be, there'll be times listen there'll be nights we'll get together all we'll do is praise him all we'll do is worship him there might be days we get together all we do is pray there might be nights it's people it's, there might be a healing miracle now you, you never know so be open to the spirit I love y'all if you, if you feel like the Lord gives you any uh, kind of a direction you know I'm open to hearing from you and uh, open to hearing what the Lord is saying to you. Uh, you you know my number you know where I'm at most of you, most of you know my number anyway um, if, you, if you don't catch me here um, or find out what my number is <laughs> but I love you all I will see you all uh, uh, Wednesday in Jesus name <laughs>